Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I am so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Laura Sinclair is here. Laura used to work in marketing and PR for some of the biggest brands in the world before taking her own leap. We discussed why it is important to create your own personal brand, even if you're not a CEO, senior leader, or entrepreneur. We discussed the common things holding people back from putting themselves out there and how you can do it authentically. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest on the podcast today. Laura Sinclair is here. Laura believes that you and your business deserve to be seen and has made it her life's mission to support female entrepreneurs in their quest to build a life by design. With over a decade of experience building digital marketing strategies for some of the world's biggest brands, Laura now teaches ambitious women how to adapt the strategies of Fortune 500s for their own business empowering them to step into their inner CEO along the way. A mother of two, Laura is a marketing and business mentor for ambitious women and the CEO of a boutique social media marketing agency, the LJ Social Agency, and the host of This Mother Means Business podcast. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to have this conversation. Thank you. So I want to get started a bit with your career journey. What were you doing before you set out to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. You know, I don't think I ever set out to be an entrepreneur. I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. So I did all of the things, right? I went to school, you go to school so you can get into a good university college, Mm -hmm. and then you get the job and you work for somebody else. And that's what I did. I started my career working in public relations agencies. I am Canadian. So if you hear my accent, I am from Canada. So in the PR agencies in Toronto, working my way up sort of in that world, Digital marketing, social media was very new at the time. So this is 2008. That was sort of when brands were starting to discover social media. Instagram didn't exist yet, but Twitter was kind of the big thing. And brands were letting the interns run their Twitter accounts because they didn't realize how powerful social media was at the time. And I was that intern. So I had a very speedy upbringing into social media marketing in that realm. And I had a corporate job for nine years, ended up working in sport marketing a little bit. And then I ended up running all the digital marketing and social media in Canada for a luxury automotive brand. It's been quite the journey. So that's where I started. You said that you did not set out to be an entrepreneur. What was it that got you to shift from this amazing career to leaving? I always felt a little bit uncomfortable in my corporate job. I was never super settled and When I was working for the luxury automotive brand, I met my now husband. He owned a CrossFit gym. And that was sort of my first toe dip into what entrepreneurship could look like. To me, being an entrepreneur at that season in my life meant like you needed venture capital, Mm -hmm. you needed, you know, multi-million dollars, online business I didn't really know anything about. And during that time, CrossFit ownership world here in Ontario, or actually anywhere, it's relatively small. And there was another gym that was being sold. The owners had approached my husband, my then, he was my boyfriend at the time, or my fiance, I think, and his brother and saying, hey, would you be interested in buying this gym? And the brother said, no, but I said, I will. And so my first step out of entrepreneurship was actually buying a CrossFit gym. 
And so I left my corporate job and, you know, I have this really vivid memory of coming home from my job at the luxury automotive company. And on paper to most people, that's a great job, right? I had the cars, I went to the parties, Mm -hmm. I had the access. It was the job that was so cool to so many people. And I have this memory of coming home to my boyfriend at the time and saying, I think I just have more fun if I just ran a gym. And so three years later, I had since left that boyfriend and was now with my then fiance and we had the opportunity to run a gym. And I just had this voice in my head that was like, why not? You know, my boyfriend or my fiance knew how to do it. He'd already run another location, figured I had the skills. I was smart enough at marketing and I understood. And so that's where it started. It was really just this opportunity that kind of fell into my lap and recognizing that I was so unsettled and why not try something totally different? So was it more fun? Yes and no. (laughs) It was, it was a lot harder than I thought. You know, I thought how hard could it be? It must be so fun. Yeah. But what I realize now is that a gym is actually a really interesting, like it covers a lot of things in business. Certainly the type of gym I was running because you're dealing with customer service Mm-hmm. You're dealing with retail because you have a store. You're dealing with employees. You're dealing with financials. You're dealing with facility maintenance. You're dealing with insurance. There are so many things that marketing, sales, right? All of that stuff, you are thrust into it as a gym owner because there's very little that you don't see. And it's been interesting now in my career as a business coach is there's very little that I didn't see in my gym that comes up in people's businesses Mm -hmm. now because you are, you're forced to doing it all. And yes, there were sides of it that were really fun, but it was also really challenging. And I think, you know, that was just my naivety to think, oh yeah, it'll just be fun. You'll just like hang on the gym (laughs) and you'll work out. There's so much more to it. That's awesome. I want to pivot a bit in our conversation. You were in corporate, then you were gym owner, and now you're doing what you're doing now. I love to get all of your expertise out for my listeners around personal brand. Can you maybe start with a bit on why you believe it's important? You know, when we talk about personal brand, I think sometimes people think about like, oh, my colors and the logo that I choose and, you know, what I put on my LinkedIn header. And the truth is that your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, right? Mm -hmm. It's what people know you for. And it's interesting just talking about my past experience and we don't have to go into the depths of my story and how I ended up doing what I'm doing now, but part of the reason why I'm successful in what it is that I'm doing now, and certainly in the early stages of my business, you know, pivoting out of closing the gym and kind of smashing my two lives together, all my corporate experience and small business experience is because I had a really strong personal brand for the people that were in my world had seen what I had done with my gym. The business that I bought was a failing business, how I turned it around. Mm-hmm. And then when I came out and to offer my own services to support people to do the same, people were raising their hands, like sign me up yeah. day one of my business. I had clients because I had built this brand. And so when we think about personal branding, I think whether you're in corporate or you're an entrepreneur, a lot of people think actually our personal brand only matters when you're an entrepreneur, but it actually Mm -hmm. matters in your career across the board. And it's how are you presenting yourself in the world? What do you want to be known for? And more importantly, what do people know you for? Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, creating reels on Instagram and dancing and videos. Like it's not that it's just who thank are goodness. you? <laughs> thank goodness. Cause I can't, I cannot dance. So <laughs> I, nor would I want to, if, if yeah. I had that opportunity, but it's really about how are you showing up as authentically yourself? Because you can't fake a personal brand. 
right? You can't Mm -hmm. the same way that like, I'm an introvert. I cannot fake being extroverted. You know, you see people that come online and they're like, I'm so excited. I can't do that. That's not in me. It's not in my bones, nowhere, no more in me. And so it's this idea of building a personal brand. It's showing up consistently as who you are authentically as who you are across channels, whether that's LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever it is that you want to spend time, wherever it is that you want to build that brand. But really it's about what do you want people to know you for? So if we were to take this idea of bringing yourself, what do you want to be known for? How do you show up authentically? How do we bridge that gap from, okay, yeah, I can do that in my day to day, but Mm -hmm. how do I capture it and consistently bring it online? Yeah, it's a great question. It's so interesting because right before you and I got on this podcast recording, I was supposed to record for my own podcast and I ended up recording a solo episode because the girl that was supposed to come on as my guest said to me, I'm having a lot of anxiety about coming on your podcast Mm -hmm. because I don't know what questions you're going to ask me. And that makes me feel anxious. And so I replied to her like, yes, I'm happy to send you questions, but here's what I would encourage you to do. Mm-hmm. is that you need to be able to know what your narrative is. And to answer your question, we need to control the narrative, right? My background's mm-hmm. in public relations. So what do you want people to know about you, right? What do you want people to like hear your name when they say Laura Sinclair or Lori Phillip? What is she known for, right? Yeah. And you get to decide. That's not someone else's narrative to create. And so my feedback to this woman was, You need to decide what you want your one, two, or three messages to be, but you're the one driving the narrative, not me. You're coming in a guest on my podcast. I'm interviewing you, but you're the one driving the bus here, right? In terms of what you want to say and how you want to say it. And so when I think about bridging that gap, showing up online, it starts with, okay, what do you want people to know you for? And it doesn't have to be this overexposure thing. I think that's one piece where people start to hold themselves back on building a personal brand. For me... I'm a very private person. There's a lot about my life that I don't share online. I own a social media marketing agency and I'm a business coach. So for me, I share the things that are relevant to who I am through that lens. And one of the things that I love to be known for is to helping women be seen. And I do that through strategy, but also through just genuinely seeing them for who they are and allowing them to step into who they are and showing up that way. But it does really start with you deciding, right? What do you want to be known for? And then through the lens of what matters. So if it's your career, If you're working in sport, you want to build your personal brand around being, you know, a sport executive, for example, working in that industry, then you need to be talking about your love of sport as well as your thought leadership in that space, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you have to be showing you with your kids playing in your backyard if that isn't aligned for you. You don't have to do that. But really it's around what's the narrative that you want to share and knowing that you're in control of it. You mentioned thought leadership. And I think there's this, at least for me and the way I thought about it before, there might be this hesitance or maybe an imposter syndrome type of thing around considering yourself a thought leader, even when you have a ton of experience in whatever it is that you do. It's like, well, what makes me the expert to come out here and start talking about this on my own outside of the company that I work for. What kind of advice do you have for people that are hesitant because of that? Yeah, I think that everybody has that. I I have, I have not met a person that would yet 
that would say, you know, I am the be all, the only person that talks about this. I'm the only one that knows this. It's just me. That's it. And I think it is complex, right? Because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of stories that we tell ourselves, right? But I think the one thing that I see over and over is that we all take for granted how much we know. It's because so much of our expertise is just boring to us. It's so obvious to us, right? Like even having this conversation, this is just lives in my brain, you know, like this is all just second nature. They're just things that I know, right? And so we take for granted your own expertise in your space, your own experience. Nobody else has lived that experience, but you. Mm -hmm. And so some of it is just recognizing that you have no idea who needs to hear what it is that you have to say and owning your own experience, owning, you know, the things that you believe is so powerful and somebody needs to hear it. And so one of the energies that I try to live in is really just this power of one. Mm -hmm. And if I have something to share that lands with one person, then it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And there may be people that are watching it that are ahead of me in the game those are not the people that are judging me, right? Anybody that has negative judgment, those aren't going to be the people that, A, that's probably not for them, that message, but they're also not going to judge me for it. It would just be like, oh, great, Laura's doing her thing. But it's like, is there one person that's going to benefit from this? And if there is, then I'm going to share it because I have no idea how that thing could affect that one person or how that one person could affect my life. That is so powerful, Laura. I love this power of one. So I think it's pretty obvious, and you touched on this earlier, that entrepreneurs need to have a personal brand. I've also seen this in upper like senior leadership, like C-suite at companies Mm want to have a personal brand. What do you see that is the value if we go down a few levels, you know, the directors, the senior managers, even professionals that are on that professional track, consultants, things like that. What is the value for them to take the time, especially if they're introverted, to put themselves out there. Yeah. There's a few pieces. I think, you know, when we think about like growing from a corporate perspective is that your personal brand is often your employment brand. So when you're looking to attract talent, if -hmm. you're a person that has a really strong personal brand, someone is much more likely to want to go and work with you rather than the opposite. If your personal brand is weak and you're competing for top talent, somebody may not want to go and work with you. So there's that piece of it, certainly for C-suite director level, anyone in a management level, right? Like if you're going to be managing people, creating a personal brand can help you attract the best people to your team. There's that side of it. The other side of it is opportunities to elevate yourself within your industry. So speaking opportunities, Mm -hmm. which often lend into employment opportunities that lead into offers, like you just never know. And so I think regardless of whether you just absolutely love your career right now, you love where you're landed, or maybe you don't, maybe you're thinking about doing something else, you're thinking about coming into entrepreneurship or just switching roles altogether, right? Having that really strong personal brand can help so much. And it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because just this week, I had someone reach out to me that I haven't connected with in 10 years. And so I was posting on my LinkedIn. This is someone that I worked in. You know, he was the client. I was the agency mm-hmm. working on social media projects. And he reached out to me. I haven't spoken to this man in a decade. And he invited me to come on his podcast and we were going to do some collaborations together. That wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have a personal brand now and also didn't have it then, 
right? Yeah. I've had it then, whether I knew it or not, right? Whether it was intentional or not, certainly, you know, 10 years ago, having a personal brand was a lot different, but you just never know where those opportunities are going to come from, whether it's in six months or six years or a decade, right? But you having a personal brand, I mentioned at the beginning, it is what people say about you when you leave the room. And because I've always been excellent at my job, I've always presented myself in a way that has a strong personal brand. I continue to do that just in a different space now than I did in my corporate life. Those connections last forever. Your network is your net worth. And so being able to have that is so powerful on so many levels, whether it's employees, opportunities, jobs in the future, collaborations, you just have no idea. And so building that strong foundation of your personal brand can take you so far. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard this. So you post, you put yourself out there and for a lot of people, it feels vulnerable because you're not used Mm -hmm. to doing it and you're trying to be authentic and say, Hey, this is what I'm up to. Or you put a thought leadership post or something like that and you get crickets. What is your advice? Because I've heard from people that, you know what? I actually heard from this person. They didn't like my post. They didn't comment on my post, but they saw it. And so what is the reality of people that actually engage with your content and then the impact you're having, even if they don't engage with your content? I love that you brought that up. And it's so interesting. Some of it is platform specific. LinkedIn generally has lower engagement. Instagram, those sorts of platforms tend to have better engagement, but I think we've all collectively, myself included, experienced times where you posted something, had nerves about it, and then nobody comments. And so there's a couple of things that I want to share on that. And the first is things take time, right? And so consistently breeds familiarity, familiarity brings trust. When you have trust, then you're probably going to engage on content. And so know that just because you're posting something and you're not hearing anything doesn't mean that people aren't engaging with it. The other side of it is I am always shocked at the number of people that I've never seen in my comments, never seen anywhere that reach out and want to work with me. We all buy in different ways. All people engage in different ways, right? Some people are the people that want to comment on everything. And then maybe they're going to buy from you down the road, or maybe they're going to hire you down the road or build a relationship, whatever it may be. Some of us are just lurkers, right? We just kind of like lurk a little bit. I'm totally a lurker. We don't like, they engage. And so know that like, you know, back to that power of one, you have no idea who needs to see you show up. You have no idea who needs that message and people are seeing it, whether they engage or not, but building engagement takes time, but it also needs to be like a reciprocal engagement. So if you are posting and nobody's commenting on your things, but you're not commenting on anybody else's things either, it's a kind of an unfair question to ask, right? So social media is very much a give and take. If there are people that you want to be commenting with your stuff, make sure that you set the tone and comment on theirs too. So in summary, I'm just going to kind of bring forward some ideas we talked about and see if there's anything left you want to share with the audience before we wrap up. So personal brand is about how you want people to see you or know you for in person or online. When they think of you, what do they think about? And so I want to first say to my listeners that if you don't know what that is yet, you don't know what you want to be known for or how you want people to see you, it's probably a good place to start. Like do some journaling, ask yourself some questions, really think deeply about where you want yourself to go, where you want to go in your career 
and what kinds of things you want to be known for. So that's a great first step. The other things we talked about a bit was social media and your personal brand, but I think we also want to make sure that we stay authentic in person and online and figure out ways to bridge that gap and not worry about online too much and not in person or vice versa. It's quite holistic, right? With all of our discussion in mind, do you have any other hot topics that come up on this that you want to share some advice around? There's a few pieces there. I think the first one is, you know, to your first point around like clarity and being clear. I think doing the journaling is exactly what you need to do, but it needs to be through the lens of like zero judgment. It needs to be through this lens of if you're telling yourself, oh, I'm not going to write that down because that's not really possible, or I'm not sure that I could do that. That's not the exercise, right? So the exercise has to be completely judgment-free. Don't layer on, I know in, in corporate, and I having lived in both worlds, it's very easy to let the corporate conditioning kind of stop you from thinking like, oh, that's not possible for me because X, Y, Z reason. So really when you're doing that clarity exercise, which is what do I want to be known for? How do I want people to see me? Where's my thought leadership? What do I want to create in the world? It needs to be without judgment, completely blanket free. It's not about like being somebody else in different spaces. It's learning to be authentically yourself because you cannot create a personal brand if it's based on the brand that you think that your boss wants you to have. The only way that you're going to be successful in building a personal brand is if it is truly who you authentically are. And, you know, if you follow me on Instagram or we hang in online or whatever, you listen to my podcast, people will say to me, I'm just so grateful for how authentic you are. And I usually joke and say, I'm just too tired to be anybody other than who I am because I have two little kids. It's exhausting, right? But Mm -hmm. it is very difficult to do in corporate. And certainly when I was in my corporate job, you know, I joke now that I'm unemployable because I'm so myself, but it is hard to shake some of that conditioning of how it's supposed to look. And Mm -hmm. so for you, it's really about deciding, okay, is there a lens here that I can take? What's going to feel good? And how can I be truly who I am in all of these spaces? So great. Well, I appreciate your time, Laura. We're going to wrap up. I'd love for you to share with our listeners how they might connect with you online and see your work. Yeah. So the best place to connect with me is either on LinkedIn. I'm at Laura Connor Sinclair or on Instagram. I spend a lot of time there. I'm on it's Laura Sinclair. I'll send you all the links. You can drop those in the show notes or my website is laura-sinclair.com. If you made it this far in the podcast, we are officially friends. So I would so appreciate you send me a DM and say hi. That's great. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.